Hi, I'm Benny Johnson, and we're out here with Madison Cawthorn, the most vindicated member of Congress, living the life in Florida and speaking truth. Hello! The great, What's the up? one and only. He's he, bro. How you been, man? Madison Cawthorn. Benny Johnson. Good to see you, brother. Florida looks good on you, man. Let me tell you, the sunshine, the people, you really can't beat this area. <laughs> yeah, you're looking bronzy. You're looking good. I feel great. I feel great. And you know what? If I couldn't represent myself in Congress, I was going to have Byron Donalds do it. Yeah. At least have a good congressman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want to replace Byron Donalds, you're going to have to get a little more tan. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's fine. He, he, there's plenty of sunshine out here. Yeah. He, he, ne he never needs uh, sunscreen when we go out in the boat. But, yeah, he's killing it. Does he go out? Oh, he does. He, Byron's the man. He yeah. is literally a awesome. legend around here. Like, yeah. people would be willing to die for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And as, as they should. He's the best congressman in the country. Are you one of those people? I'm one of those people. You're close with him? Yeah. I mean, because he's awesome. Like, and I, I would like, that would be great because I, he needs like great advice. He needs like good advice. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. He's got the most loyal like team around him I may have ever seen in Congress. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. People yeah. who like are not there for themselves, you know, offer jobs from Trump, offer jobs from the speaker, offer jobs from wherever. Yeah. But, like we are not leaving him. That's amazing to hear. Yeah. It's because they all know that one day he will be president. Lo like, lo like loyalty is the hardest thing to find in Congress. Right, like it's, it's like if it, bravery, maybe like bravery or loyalty. Yeah, in, I, in DC writ large, right in, at, inside at of our large. federal government. Yeah, yep. yeah. So you're here in Florida now. I am. I just want to get caught up on what you're what you're into now. Yeah, full time down here in Southwest Florida, okay. the lovely Cape Coral. Okay. I'm so happy here. Um, I mean, you know, when I was in North Carolina, I think statewide, my you know favorable versus non favorable is probably 51 percent favorable, 49 percent non favorable. Really, and so it was like yeah. Half the people you meet want to take a selfie with you. The other half want to kill you or call you a Nazi, <laughs> something ridiculous. But then down here, everyone just loves the sunshine and the happiness and the greatness. And they're like, you know what? We freaking love people who are willing to say in public what we all say in private. And so it's just, it's better people, better weather. You can't, can't beat it. So the best part about being in your position is that libs, even if they did want to like throw a punch, they, like diets of soy, doesn't allow, their bones are so fragile. Their bones are fragile. Right? And their muscles have atrophied and they just, you know. I, I, I drank raw milk all growing up, so their knuckles right. would just break on mine. That's right. Yeah. They're only good for Senate sex video, gay sex videos. You know, how wild was that? <laughs> I mean, literally, we have a, an OnlyFans style Why not video. just go there? <laughs> Why not? In a, in a Senate hearing room Why where beat around the Supreme bush? Court justices are confirmed, <laughs> we have an OnlyFans gay sex tape being recorded. And then people, it, it's one thing, although I hate that, you know, our institutions of our government are so ridiculous now that that's like, oh, that's not that surprising. But it's just, you know, I, it, one thing that came out of it is people were like, wow, Madison Cawthorn was right. He's like, yeah, I freaking told you. You, you are actually ending up to be one of the most right members of Congress. Not like on an ideological perspective, although you are there, but like on a truth-telling perspective. And that got you kicked out of Congress in, in, in so much as you told too much truth. That's the way that I see it, is you were talking about what was going on behind the scenes, and we have, we have the comments pulled up. You said, you said in a podcast, and this to, 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 to great uh, disgust by all of your colleagues and to a million headlines about how ridiculous it was, you said there are, gay, there, there are orgies, there are sex orgies 
going on in D.C. And that there's uh, a rampant drug, there's drug abuse going on in D.C. And then these people are hypocrites. And you got pillared for that. And then lo and behold, nigh on 18 months later, out comes multiple. We are now facing multiple. I have right here multiple sex scandals in Congress. Here we go. Uh, <clears throat> a second gay sex tape was filmed inside of the U.S. Capitol, Capitol Police investigating. The first one, of course, has been broadcast on all of our TV screens and all across our social media feeds. Uh, we are all great disgust. Uh, I mean, it's like, well, yeah, that's right. Try avoiding it. Um, and then, and now it's, now it's proving you, now it's proving you to be arguably the most right member of Congress. Like you were telling the truth. And I don't think you get enough credit about that. And if, if we want to do one thing on this podcast, like I want to give you the credit for that. You told the truth and it cost you a lot. And, and, and that's a very, that's a very important thing to do, to be willing to sacrifice and to tell people what's actually going on inside their government. You know what? And it's just, it went so far as to the fact that I, I felt so safe saying these things because I had a district that was so loyal, would have voted for me regardless of what all the headlines say. Mm -hmm. And then against our own state's constitution, they allowed Mark Elias and his lawfare tactics to then change my district so that I then had a very dangerous district after these scandals came out. Mm -hmm. And then you had leadership from my own party decide to direct funding and all the attacks. You had a senator from my own state, a Republican senator, I use air quotes on that, to then launch an attack on a conservative member of Congress. And I think it goes to show that the GOP, you know, the, uh, the, the RNC, they are not where the base is. And I don't understand how that is. The, the, the only reason the RNC has power is because the people are on their side, but the people are not on their side. Yeah. The people are significantly more to the right than what the RNC is. They're saying, oh, we want to chase these, you know, some voters that, you know, haven't voted Republican before, so we need to really moderate what we say. And it's, no, we have the base that people just won't come out and vote because most of the people that they're voting for are these neocon liberals who want to get us into endless wars, waste all of our money, destroy our own currency, allow people to trans your kids, and the reason they do is said, well, if we bend the knee this time, then maybe I'll get some good headlines. The majority of Republican lawmakers and Republican figureheads at large are so afraid of a single attack article that they would backstab their own constituents and their own voters and their own base just so that they can see their name in, the, in a newspaper that says, well, this particular person reached across the aisle no, there's no middle ground with people who believe in killing children up to the day of birth. There's no middle ground with people who believe that we should send our sons and our treasure all over the world to die for things when we don't gain anything from it. If someone says, hey, we're going to attack this country and we're going to take all their oil, I can understand that. I'd be like, okay, that kind of makes sense. We're going to topple an evil dictator, which is a net positive for humanity. And in return, we're just going to take half your oil fields. Now, that's a situation I can understand. But what did we do in Afghanistan and Iraq? We fought for 20 years, spent trillions of dollars to replace the Taliban with the Taliban. I mean, it, it's, it's actually insane. And so, you know, it, we have such a problem in our country of the average American working man, the people who actually have, make this country run, 
and their so-called elected officials who say, oh, I was elected by these people. No, it's you were elected by them because you lied to their faces. You said you believe in conservative policies, policies like that, what Donald Trump pushes, what Vivek pushes, what great you know orators push. But instead, as soon as you know, there's a little bit of friction for you, maybe one bad headline, your local Fox 4, you're then all of a sudden going to capitulate and start voting with the Uniparty. And I spoke out against that, and you saw the Uniparty just decided to launch an all-out blazes attack against me. And you know, they only beat me by about 300 votes, but still, it costs a lot to be courageous. But that's the uh, that's what we're all called to do. Yeah, I mean, that's what what like bravery is actually risking something. So you're only brave if you're if you're on the field, if you're in the arena, and you're risking something. You're not brave if you're in the peanut gallery. Mm. The second gay sex tape was filmed inside the U.S. Capitol. Staffers for a Republican from Oregon, according to an investigation this week by Semaphore, another set of videos showing sexual acts in the U.S. Capitol were posted on Snapchat last year by a user named Adam J. One of the two videos uh, shows a set of uh, unknown man masturbating alone in the House of Representatives office. A screenshot from the second appears to depict two men having sex in the in an office setting. This was... And uh, this came to light uh, based on an internal investigation by Republican Dan Newhouse, whose office believed their staffer may have been involved. I haven't checked, but I bet Republican Dan Newhouse from Oregon was really happy that you were uh, sent packing from Congress because you talked about um, the sexual orgies that were happening in Capitol Hill. Meanwhile, it's his own staff that are doing it. I mean, I'll tell you, we had, you know, just shy of about probably 200 Republican members at the time. And I, I can very confidently say only about 30, maybe 35 of them support the conservative policies that the majority of hardworking Americans support. 35% or 35? 35? 35 total. Ooh. Yep. Ouch. It's, it, it, it's, a, it's so slim and difficult to find people that you can actually trust and rely on in Washington, D.C. You said like they want uh, headlines reaching across the aisle. But have these aisles been disinfected? I mean, this place is raunch. raunch. This place is this this place is hectic. This place is disgusting. It is. It, it really. I mean, get me think some about bleach, it. man. Get you me know, some Clorox, Benny. One of the greatest things that you and I have done together. We've been friends for a long time. Yeah. But one of the greatest things that you and I have done together is also some of the best headlines I've ever received, and it was one of the most rewarding things that I personally did. You know, that made me feel the best and the most useful while I was in Congress. Is that. Remember when the National Guard was all sent to uh, the Capitol right after uh, the 2020 election? To occupy it. Yeah, yeah. They, they were occupying it. You know, there was thousands of National Guards from all over the country. Um, and one day, you know, they were all sleeping in the marble floors and in, you know, Senate hearing rooms. They, they weren't having gay sex, but, you know, they, they were all sleeping in all these beautiful places in the Capitol. And then I remember one day, so many politicians decided, hey, we're going to have all our guys from our state stand in formation, and I'm going to go out and thank them and then give them a political speech. First of all, I don't know if you've ever met anybody in the military, these young men who are willing to fight and die for their country. Nobody wants to just go get in their dress uniform and then stand in formation and listen to some guy drone on about incremental GDP increases at the end of the year. But anyway, so they get all these beautiful pictures with the people and all this great stuff. And I, I was watching that. I was like, no way am I making like boys from North Carolina stand at attention for an hour. That sounds awful. Uh-huh. And then so I had gone to dinner. Later that night, after all the politicians had gotten their pictures with the National Guard and all these things, 
I find out from you, Benny, I'm at dinner at a very nice steakhouse. You give me a call and you tell me that the National Guard has been sent to sleep inside of the parking garages. It's like 50,000 men. I, I, I don't remember the exact numbers of how many guys there were, but it's, it's thousands of men in a multi-deck parking garage having to sleep on the concrete with a single bathroom in the whole facility. And you called me and you were like, if there's something you could do for them, I think that would be awesome. And so we called every Papa John's in the area and we're like, make as many pizzas as you can. We'll come pick them up. And then I, we got to take pizzas to the guy. And, you know, it's a very small token, but it's like, hey, I'm so sorry for what you guys had to go through. Like, if y'all want to sleep in my office, I outrank whoever's telling you not to. So feel free to. Yeah. But it was, uh, it, it's just the people in Washington, D.C., it, it, that's exactly what they do. They, they will want to make people go out of their way so they can get a fancy picture with you. But as soon as they've gotten the clout from that, they will kick you to the curb. Right. And it's, that's it's, right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally different kind of sleeping around uh, that's exactly. going on exactly. in these other people's offices. So what, is it, what does it feel like for you when you see these headlines and when you see these disgusting videos of people having sex inside of Senate hearing rooms? Again, this is where our Supreme Court nominees, I think it was Amy Klobuchar. I don't know what they have against Amy Klobuchar, but her, like specifically where she sits, uh, I don't, like, how much Lysol, how much Clorox are you going to need to sit there again, first off, if you're a member of Congress, and then second off, like what 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 goes through your head, like when you see this, are you are you the Leonardo DiCaprio meme? Like 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 look 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 yeah. look it's a, I, look I saw it that that's happening exactly you know when I, when I see this stuff brought to light it just it, it it warms my heart that the American public can see it and then also. You know, I posted a list, I think, right after I lost my election of just like, these are the only America first people who, when it was not politically mm -hmm. convenient for them, mm -hmm. they still came to my aid. And, you know, there were thousands of normal everyday Americans who were like, no, you're absolutely right. I'm still on your side. I've got your back. Mm -hmm. And so having to see then all of the talking heads and the pundits having to be like all of a sudden texting me and being like, man, you know what? You were so right. Always wow. believed in you. But then, you know, when it, all the cons the controversy was happening, you know, the, one of the guys that texted me that, I remember when I went to sit next to him in uh, the the house, house, house chambers, I remember he got up very quickly and went and sat somewhere else. And I was like, and then he wow. sends me that text. I'm like, dude, you just will, you go whichever the way the wind blows. So, so, okay. Now that we've seen... Was this what you were talking about? I mean, like, so what I'm saying is there was, when you said these comments, there weren't videos all over the internet of it literally happening. But is this the kind of stuff that you observed, right? Were these the kind of stories that you were talking about? Because you weren't making that stuff up when you said it on that podcast. Is this what you had found out when you were there as a congressman? Like you, you found out you, these things were happening? You just hear about so many things going on. And then, yeah. you know, it's, it's, People are like, well, why aren't you naming names? It's like, I'm not going to shoot the messenger. They're not part of the, the they're not running the show here. And, and so, you know, you might be invited to something and, you know, it, it, it kind of leads to, you start asking some questions about what exactly are you inviting me to? Yeah. And then, but you hear so many stories about, you know, some guys just, you might hear them over, overhear them while you're walking through the halls. You hear a lot about it with the staffers in Washington. Just, you know, kind of the depravity that goes on there. Because remember, a lot of the staffers in Washington are not ideologues. You know, they are people that are just there for power. And remember, the, the, this is why people hate Donald Trump so much. Let, let me walk you through how Washington, D.C. works. Benny, I know Please. you know this, but for 
So the av the main way that people go through Washington, D.C. is they will go work at in a Senate senator's office or a congressman's office. They'll then gain probably 10, 15 years of experience, and then they'll go work in you know C Street or something, some consulting firm, some, some kind of big big name thing or some lobbying firm and they'll make a decent pretty pretty penny but then once they find out you know what they people want policies pushed and selected for then they'll come back it's like oh well i've worked on c street and i've been a, a chief of staff how about you let me work on your staff and I'll, I'll really up your uh your staff's level here and then they'll get on staff there and then they'll help push that member of Congress, that voting member of whatever side of the uh, of whatever side they're on, mm -hmm. to then vote for whatever lobbying firm they just came from. Yes. And then if that can help them get something passed with a couple billion dollars, when they then leave after that next term, probably two years later, you know, the last two years of their twenty-year career, eighteen to twenty years after that, they will then have like a board position and make an absurd amount of money. And so that is the direction that most people go in. And so when Donald Trump came in, the reason people hate him so much is because so many people were like, okay, I'm now at this level. So, you know, when the next re Republican president gets elected, I'll go work for him and I'll push him to do this. Then I can come back and get, you know, that board seat and make 600K a year for the next, you know, four years. Yeah. But Donald Trump said, no, I'm importing all my staff. They're coming from normal America. And that is why inside the Beltway, people hate Donald Trump. Because they didn't, they didn't, because he broke the ladder. Exactly. Yeah. And so people are like, I'm on that last rung. I'm about to, you know, make millions. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, this guy actually cares about the country. The fussiest, most cortisol infected, uh, angriest, bitterest people are the ones who didn't get jobs in the administration. Exactly. Right? George Conway, yeah. right? Chris Christie. And they all have the same body types. And they they're like, they're like so angry because they didn't get their dream jobs. And that they're they're they that's the those are the bitter pills they hold against Trump. If Trump had hired them. They'd be the biggest Trump act like because that's the next step in the ladder. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, what I, I would be embarrassed to have Chris Christie on my staff. I mean, I really would be. It's just he should go into a singing career. He could be, you know, there's that one artist that is the female artist. She's just as big as him. Lizzo. Yeah, Lizzo. Yeah. And you know, I he could I go think work at SeaWorld. He could work at SeaWorld. Put on a shampoo costume. And now that they have, you know, these plus size models, he could start looking into something like that. Just, you know, <laughs> exactly lingerie right. and jiggles. You know? That's right. He could wear the tuck swimsuit. And this from guy Target. is still running against Donald <laughs> Trump. It's insane. It's insane. It's like, yeah, you should run. But maybe like around the block. Yeah. Okay. That's like, <laughs> boom, roasted, boom, roasted. So you, so, okay. The last question I'll ask on this, this is the last question I'll ask on this, but it's like, I just want to put a stake into the heart of, of how right you were. You talked about also people doing key bumps <clears throat> in Congress. And I mean, that seems quite obvious, Like clearly Joe Biden's on drugs. And as you, as you mentioned, you and I have a pre-existing relationship here. But even I thought, like, when you made those comments, even I thought, like, whoa, man, holy smokes, Madison's going in hot. And sure as shit, dude, they find bags of coke all over the White House. Bags of coke all over the White House. People banging it out in the Senate hearing rooms, filming it. Multiple sex tape investigations. And you're out here losing your seat one of the most popular members of Congress, losing your seat because you told the American people they're doing drugs and they're making sex tapes and orgies in Congress. That's all you said. 
and and it's all tr- it's all come true, right? I mean, yeah. Well, it took maybe. I mean, that's one thing I'm noticing about America today. It used to be, you know, I remember when Alex Jones said, "The turn the freaking frogs gay." I remember seeing that as like a kid. I was in high school, and I was like, "Oh, that's wild." Like, who's this guy? But then all of a sudden now it's like, it's a very well-known fact that, yeah, the water we drink through our water treatment facilities lowers your testosterone and yeah, the frogs are f***ing each other. Uh, but, you know, and so it used to take a long time for the conspiracy theories to be shown as true. Maybe that's what happened in Congress. But people, now- People drink too much tap water. That's exactly it. But now at this point, and that's one more thing, I think they're going to start coming after um, testosterone replacement therapy. Because they want a low T population. But anyways, I'm getting back to what we were talking about. Um, we're starting to see conspiracy theories just proven right faster now. Yeah. And so, I mean, what? It took me like 18 months to have be, be mm-hmm. shown as, oh, yeah. Madison was not full of shit. That was actually exactly what was going on. Whoa, whoa, 18 months. And not only that, like not only are you proven right, there's like photographic evidence of you being proven right. It's not like a source told me. We have ba- the photos of the bags of cocaine. And it's not just one bag. They brush it under the rug. There are multiple bags of cocaine found in the White House, according to the Secret Service. It's not just one sex tape. There's a bunch of sex tapes filmed in Congress. So next time you're there on the on your tour group, little kids, uh, bring bring your uh, disinfectant. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, Make indeed. sure you bring your Purell. Place is disgusting. Don't take a blacklight to Congress. Sear your eyeballs out. Few people get to see the revenge arc that you're seeing right now. I guess that's what I'm saying. You're like a conspiracy, like, forgive me, but you're like a conspiracy theory that became real in real time, like the life of a housefly, and with photographic evidence. Right. Right? And that's pretty, that's that's really something. God must be on your side, my friend. Yeah, and Benny, I, mean, I remember when I lost my election, you know, I had a million people give me phone calls wanting to talk to me about it. Um, and I, I just, I didn't want, I got to the point, I was like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to finish out my term, vote correctly. Yeah. You know, keep my head down, whatever. Um, but I remember I took your call and you had a very, and I, I'll, I'll surmise it, but you had a very long kind of conversation with me about your life and difficulties you had faced and the troubles you had, you had experienced in your lifetime. And then one of the things that you said is, you know, just like what, what Satan intends for evil, God will use for good. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I got to tell you, Leaving Congress, obviously, was the most, the highest honor I've ever had. Getting to serve the American people is the greatest thing in the world. And one of the greatest parts about being in Congress is when you see an issue anywhere in the world, literally anywhere that has to do with America in any way, you can say, I don't like that. I want to change it. Hmm. And you can almost always affect some form of change on it. And so that's one of the things that you miss. But aside from that, my life, based on every single metric, has just gotten so much sweeter and so much better. I mean, I Hmm. live in the free state of Florida. I got sunshine everywhere. You know, I go out in the boat probably three times a week. You know, I've got an incredible group of friends. I got a great girlfriend. I mean, I'm just, I'm happy on every metric you mm. can possibly imagine. Healthier, making more money. Obviously, you don't make much money in Congress. Well, you're not a Biden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah unless you're doing insider trading. And always follow Nancy Pelosi's stock tips because they are phenomenal. Um, and so my life has just gotten you know, very, very happy. And I'm still so young. I mean, I'm 28 years old. And so then now that I'm being vindicated and proven right on so many of these things, it's like my life's gotten better in every single way. And now like politically, I'm, I, I'm, I've had revenge. You know, I made a list of like, probably it was, it was 12 people that were the biggest opponents to me who yeah. caused me the most issues throughout that election. And, you know, we're up to eight of them have now been destroyed in one way or the other. Kevin McCarthy's one of them, right? 
Kevin, yeah, well, you know, Kevin really, Kevin McCarthy's a good guy. Um, he's very fun to hang out with. One thing you can like about Kevin is when you make a deal with him, he'll honor it. Interesting. Um, very shrewd human being. Um, I don't want to speak too ill of Kevin, but, you know, yeah. one of the things that just really made me mad is when we were uh, talking about the whole, whole, whole scandal and everything, I, I was kind of laying out my position, like, hey, man, this is kind of where it's at. And he's like, okay, well, you know, I'll just have to, you know, thump you on the head and then, you know, publicly so that the, the, the caucus calms down and then we can all move on. I was like, okay, that's great. But one of the worst things that happened is, you know, it didn't come out until the FEC filings were reported after the election. And you just all of a sudden saw that all of Kevin's biggest mega donors were just the money people behind this election. Because they started funding- Against you? Against me, yeah. And they started funding the super PACs and it was like three different super PACs that came in and just started to rot destruction. And it's like, well, I mean, you couldn't have, like you account for all the dangers that you're probably gonna face from the Democrats. But when we were making our battle plan, we did not account for the fact that all the Republican establishment would be coming after you as well. And so that was a, um, that's one of those things where that, that was one of the only times I, I felt like he really lied to me. But aside from that, you know, Kevin's not the worst person. You feel world. vindicated? I feel very vindicated. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I was just in a grocery store the other day. I was getting, I was making a, sh a shrimp salad. So I was picking up shrimp and this, I mean, just people walk up to me. I knew you were right. I knew you were right. Shaking my hand. And I mean, I, I just, you know, I, I was going to my favorite cigar bar burn the other day. And, you know, the head security guy walked up to me and he was like, I've always had your effing back. But man, it makes me so happy that now everyone knows you were right. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's just, it was cool just that it's in the public zeitgeist to where just random, you know, people on the street, you know, normal, normal everyday yeah. Americans are like, dude, you, you were right. Because we've always, that's what Donald Trump sort of personified is like the guy who'd come in and tell the truth. Yep. And Donald Trump told the truth about Jeffrey Epstein for years. Nobody listened. And now Donald Trump's being proven right in, in a very similar scenario. Yeah. Like an uncomfortable truth that makes you feel dirty, but it's true and you must know it. And the truth still sets you free. Uh, and it's kind of the same arc, right? And and that's why they hated Trump. And it's why they hated you. They wanted a guy who was on the inside to tell the truth about the inside. So when you come into the club, door locks behind you and you're not allowed to talk about it, Right the horrible things that you see. And you started talking about it. And that was, I guess, your crime. But now, uh, you, right, your sins will find you out. Jeffrey Epstein, dude. Like, we had a member of Congress on our show a couple days ago named Tim Burchett. Cool oh, dude. Love I don't know Tim. If, I don't know if you know him Love well. Tim. Dude, Always in a Carhartt jacket. Dude, rules. So he pops on the show, and he's just like, let me tell you something about Epstein. There are members of the uh, intelligence agencies that will come up to you here in Congress and blackmail you. Oh, honeypots. For, for, for I'm, I'm about, telling you. We're yeah. talking about Epstein. And he just, it, this is the allegation he makes. And they started to give him the Madison treatment, actually, in the press. So he wanted to ask you about this. And let me just finish his thought. He says, he says, they'll, they'll give you drinks. They'll give you drugs. They'll give you anything you want. And you'll wake up in a room and you'll be naked. And you'll be next to someone that you don't know. And then they got you. And he's saying this live on the show. And I'm like, hot. I got to ask Madison about this. Is this how it works? So the biggest thing that I've seen, and you had to start becoming very wary of it, I happened to have a very interesting conversation. I won't say with who it was, but it was someone who was towards the end of their career in politics and was just warning me about the dangers you'll face from powers that you wouldn't imagine coming after you, whether it's the intelligence agency or whether it's you know foreign governments, whatever it is. And anyways, I'll summarize it in more realistic terms. 
if you are ever somewhere and you all of a sudden see a 10, and you know, and we're, I'm just talking physical attraction, seeing a 10 is not an everyday thing. That's why they're 10s, you know. I, every oh, women are beautiful, but you know, like just uh, objectively, like that's that woman makes a scene when she walks through a room, mm -hmm. and you see a ten. It's somewhere that they probably shouldn't. You wouldn't normally expect to see a ten. Like you're at a small town bar, and you see like a supermodel walk in from you know, Brazil. You're like, okay, that's weird. And then all of a but sudden, we're in Akron. And it then doesn't all, make yeah. any sense. And like, then all yeah. of a sudden, they are very. <laughs> we're in Hoboken. Yeah. Why is there? A ten? Yeah. And like, then all of a sudden, they are very interested in you. Yeah. just know that that person is probably there on purpose and they're very good at their job and they are trying to put you in a compromising position. And so... Honeypot. Yep, honeypot. Uh, and I, I have found that the most common thing in Washington that is used to blackmail you for, and I, I can't, you know, with whatever organization it's from, hmm. within our own government, is honeypots. Within our own government? Yeah. So our own government agency is doing this? In order to have what? Like leverage on a member of Congress? Leverage, yeah. I mean, you just saw that they, what, what the FBI just got a building bigger than the Pentagon built for them. Yeah. And I mean, you know, and then all of a sudden, think about it, uh, 10 days before the vote was supposed to happen, it was likely it was not going to pass. 10 days before the vote was going to happen, they then, you know, a story got leaked. Things don't get leaked from the FBI. Um, a story got leaked that the FBI had been investigating a brothel in Virginia that is a very high-class brothel. You know, it's $25,000 a night to get in and just all the, you know, elites that would go there and all these things. And it said several members of Congress are on the list. But if you notice, they didn't release the names of those members of Congress. And what it was, and, it, you know, you can just take my word for it, right? but this is, this is my hypothesis, is what it was is they're basically saying, go against us, don't give us this building, and it's going to be your name on that list. Man, and you're gonna have to prove the negative. You know, you're yeah, to, exactly. You better then, have an alibi, right? And then being in politics, you're not innocent until proven guilty. You know, you're guilty until you can prove yourself that's innocent, exactly right? Yeah, right. And so, you know, that's uh, that's kind of their their whole move. Do you, did you ever suspect? Did any check ever come up and hit on you, and you suspected they were honeypot? Oh, tons, really? Yeah, but I mean, you know, and I, I can't always say like, oh, that was from the intelligence community, or that was from. You know, China, China, or so like, we know that's real, right? Yeah, or like, that's was been, it like that's you know, like was that like Eric was Swalwell? That, was yeah. that from the Democrats? Was that from the Republicans? Sure. Was that from this group or that? There's so many groups that have interests in public policy. I mean, it affects literally 350 million people in the world, and then the rest of the world because of it. Yeah, seven and, billion people. In yeah, and so I'm telling you, like these people are very creative, and I've had a lot of women who I'm like, mm, that wasn't that funny of a joke, and you're laughing way too hard. But <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> And like, you know, I, 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 I accept that I'm a decently good looking guy. I got blue eyes, a decent jawline. But I also accept the fact like I'm in a freaking wheelchair. And I'm like, I, I don't know why like three tens all at one time. are like, we should all go back together. And I'm like, no, actually, I don't think you guys are real. And then unpack that story. So that happened? Oh, yeah, that's happened multiple times. But the, it was not so like DC. three women. Yeah, they're it, all smokes. All smoke shows. And they come up to you and they're like laughing. Oh, yeah, and we're having like, a great time. We're having drinks. Tell me, tell yeah. me about it. So, like, yeah, so set, we're at a bar. Up. What happened? We're not in D.C. We're in Texas. Okay. Um, at a bar. Everything's going great. Um, I was speaking at an event there, so it was well known I was in that area. And then, I mean, you know, I can just imagine because I know how easy it is to follow, you know, political opponents around. You just pay like a P.I. like 500 bucks a day and they'll just follow them around and be like, oh, they're here now. And so, you know, it's easy to be followed around. Like, it's very easy to know where somebody is, especially mm -hmm. if they have a public name. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so I'm at this bar. Everything's going great. And then I see a pretty girl. I was like, oh, hey, how are you? And then all of a sudden, some other really pretty girl comes over and joins her and starts talking to me. And then another really, really attractive Did girl. Did they know each other? Yeah, they're saying they're all friends. Oh. And then they're like, oh, and then, but they're not trying to go back to their table. They're just staying around me. And I, you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting there talking to them. And then all of a sudden, I just kind of look around and that, you know, I have a little fire alarm going off. It's like, these, all these women are way too attractive. It's like, well, ladies, I hope you guys have a great night. I got to get back and all this stuff. And um, next thing you know, you know, they're like, well, why don't we all come back with you? And To your room? Yeah, and I was I was just kind of like looked at him, smiled, and I was like, ah, oh, as fun as that sounds, I'm a man of God, so I got to get out of here. And man, but I mean, but I guarantee, like, it's situations like that. It's like no guy is that lucky. Like, you know, it, it's it's all these things, and they didn't even know I was a congressman. They didn't bring it up at all, so it's not like they were being like, oh, this guy's a congressman. They're like, oh, so a guy in a wheelchair with blue eyes. I mean, my blue eyes are great. Don't get me wrong, but it's not worth you know three smoke shows for whatever acts they wanted to do and i guarantee like if you go and partake and stuff like that you're gonna wind up on the front page of something when you don't vote the right way you're gonna wind up compromised do you know other members of congress that took the bait and are compromised you don't know how to name them but like do you do you i've seen guys you know get with really really pretty women and i you know you have the suspect you suspect it but yeah yeah it's a um it was it's a messed up world it was a, it was a, like I worked in DC as like an intern, right? And as like kind of a paper pusher for a little bit. And they, it was like a well-known fact that all these guys had mistresses. That all these guys had like their own, like the girl that they were cheating on their wife with, right? Like when they would come, roll through the building, like, oh, that's, that's this person's uh, uh, side piece. Well, when you so think treat her well, because that's the, the, you know, he's important. Right. He's powerful. Yeah. So one thing that you have to realize is Washington when I say Washington, our government is such a small town because our government's made up of hundreds of thousands of federal employees. You got the, all, all the military personnel, all the intelligence agencies, all the secretaries, you know, you know, lack, lack, lackeys. But legitimately, whether it's political appointees or elected people or directors of projects, the, the entire population of decision makers and policy pushers in our government, the most powerful government in the world, is around 1,100 people. So it's a relatively small town. Yeah. And whether whether they're based in D.C. or not, it's like you can know all of their names. I mean, literally, when I first got elected, you just start making flashcards of people. So you're like, okay, this person, they work here. Because, you know, you need to know that kind of stuff. Um, but because of that, you know, everyone's laundry is pretty up for grabs. And, you know, your staffers know who everybody is. And so... If you're out at a bar with some, you know, some girl that's not your wife or something, I'm sure it will quickly be seen by some staffer, whether on your side or another side. And she's like, oh, hey, I saw this. And I mean, literally, like, I'll have, I know I would ask my staff all the time, like, you guys hear any rumors or anything? You hear any gossip around? Yeah. Because, you know, it just gives you leverage in certain situations. Or you can help someone alleviate that, like, hey, this is the word on the street. Heads up. Bro. Eric Swalwell was letting the Chinese hooker spy that he was banging staff his office. So that's not like a th- th- we're not that's not like a joke. No, we're not. Making she this- was putting staff in his office. Fang Fang was suggesting and getting hired interns for his staff. Yo, did you meet Eric Swalwell? The guy come I off. Did, as, I did. I did come off as a guy who banged Chinese spy. You know what? It was actually really interesting. I um. So I was it, when I was uh, I had hurt my shoulder. And I'm actually going to give Eric Swallow a compliment here. Oh. Um, but he actually did a really nice guy thing. I, Chinese I, massage? 
<laughs> no. Um, not my type, unfortunately. Okay. Um, anyways, we're underneath. So you guys know there's a, there's a tunnel from the house office buildings to get over to the um, to get over to the Capitol building, and it's up a giant hill. Um, the tunnel is, and so anyway, so I was rolling up, but I had hurt my shoulder working out like that week. And anyway, so I was going really slow, just like you could tell. I was like the wheelchair version of limping. Mm. I was using like my forearm to push instead of my hand. And anyways, Eric was like, oh, man, I'll, I'll give you a push. Sure and so he started pushing me up. Very nice, very nice. But anyways, you know, I had, didn't know him. We did like shook hands before. I was like, Eric, can I just ask you a question? And I was like, what is up with the whole Chinese spy thing? Because Whoa. like, I mean, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna whack you on or anything. And anyway, so he's just like, I was like, I just wanna hear it from your perspective. And he was like, oh, it's so overblown. Like it was actually like 10 years ago and like blah, this, this and that. But I mean, like at the end. how long ago it was. Like, yeah, but like happen? at the end of the day, it was a Chinese spy who yeah. was, you know, putting people into our government. Yes. I mean, that is insane. Through but, your office, Yeah, man. but I, I will say Eric was a really nice guy to push me up the hill. Yeah. You know, it was interesting to hear his perspective. But Did he let go? He let you roll back down? Yeah, but regardless of whatever your perspective is on that, you literally were banging a Chinese spy. Like Correct. Just that, like you, the FBI says so. Like they have like yeah. the document. They, yeah, like you got, you got to be probably the video. You, you got to be on your game for this kind of stuff. So. Yeah. Paraplegics at orgies. Something I normally wouldn't talk about. Dave Chappelle had a joke about paraplegics at orgies, and he, he made that joke about you. He did. And you were in the audience when he made that joke in his new Netflix special. Yeah, so I'll break it down. Um, the Netflix special is, was filmed in a DC audience, but anyways, his first show of that whole bit was done in Nashville. Obviously, I got a lot of friends in Nashville, and so I got like 20 texts from people being like, dude, Dave Chappelle goes in on you for like 20 minutes, like not politically damaging, but like he goes in on you for like 20 minutes. And so anyways, I just instantly pull up my phone and look up, you know, where's the nearest one? And he was coming to Tampa in a couple weeks from then. And so then he comes down here to Tampa. I decide to go. And, you know, we, for this, we decided to get front row tickets. And so I'm, like, in the front row, but he hasn't seen me at this point. And he's he's saying how organized the trans people are. He's like, I'm never attacking them again. He's like, maybe I'll do it four more times. But, like, they're organized. You know what I'm making fun of this time? is people in wheelchairs. And the people in my section had, you know, most of them knew who I was. And they were like, oh, he's making fun of guys in wheelchairs. That's so funny. I'm sitting here knowing exactly where he's going to go. And he's like, you know, I met a, a congressman one time at a UFC fight. And he's in a wheelchair. Would you believe it? And he's like, Madison Gawthorne. And then, I mean, just like four sections all around me start being like, he's right there. He's right there. <laughs> and then Dave is like, kind of gets everyone quiet. He's like, what did you say? He's like, he's right there. And he just whips around and like sees me. And he was like, why are you here? <laughs> and I was like, man, I heard you were roasting me uh, in Nashville, so I had to come see it live. And he was like, you knew I was going to do this, and you still came. He's like, man, that is a real guy right there. <laughs> like, that's a real one. And then, so anyway, so we went back and forth, like, several times that night. And it was awesome. And then, you know, he made his joke about it. It was, it was pretty funny. Basically, like, pondering the question, why would you want a guy in a wheelchair at an orgy? And then all, all the different ideas of that. And, you know, don't watch it if you have kids at home. Um, but then he, uh, anyways, afterwards, you know, he invited me back to get a picture with him, got a picture with him, ended up getting to meet his wife, his family, his like in-laws, and we hung out with him for a long time. You know, he made me a drink just way too strong. And Dave uh, Chappelle made you a drink. Oh, yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah. 
He, he, he poured me like three drinks. It was so you went out. You went out. Yeah, it was, it was great, man. It was awesome. We had, like, they had a whole buffet thing set up. We hung out with them probably like two hours. That's so awesome. Yeah, and then like freaking Hulk Hogan came back there. I mean, it was a, it was a whole crew. It was awesome. But yeah, we got to see Dave Chappelle. And, the, and then anyways, like, you know, I got to talk to him one-on-one. Really great guy. His wife is fantastic, significantly better than him. But he was just like, man, I like that is, he's like, I will talk about this for the rest of my life. He's like, I've never made a joke about somebody and then them heard about it and then like, instead of being mad at me, like, I've got to see that live. And, you know, it's just, that's the difference between the left and the right. Like, <laughs> we can take a joke. Like, I know it was a joke and like, I'm, I love jokes. And, you know, it's the fact that, you know, you can't make jokes in society anymore is destroying our country. Because remember, it's all about saying in public what we all say in private. Because like, I, I mean, it, it's it's healing in a way. It's kind of awesome to have Dave Chappelle. He's like the best comedian ever. Like, make a joke about you. That's kind of that's kind of amazing. Oh, like yeah. Most normal people would say, "Hey, roast me," right? Of course. You really have to actually have something wrong. You you have to be so sensitive, and so miserable of a human being, and so salty by nature. To not want that or to protest that or to walk out like Netflix. They all walked out, right? Because Dave Chappelle had a special and he made jokes about a protected class that you're not supposed to make jokes about. Nobody's walking out for you, right? Like nobody, nobody's, those people aren't protesting Well, granted, the people that would be upset about it is other paraplegics and they can't walk. So they're not going to do a quick walkout. You know what? I knew I was setting myself up to get roasted <laughs> on that one. I was like, like, come on, Ben, choose your words. Uh, but no, it was great, that's, man. That's not, like uplifting. That's so neat. Yeah, and I, one thing I'll tell you is I, I, I don't think that I don't think every therapist in the world would disagree with this, but I think that humor is such a good way to heal from any form of trauma. Yes. Because, I mean, like, it, it makes it from something that you're, like, afraid of to just a fact. Yes. Like, you know, I love wheelchair jokes. Like, my friends make wheelchair jokes all the time. And it's it's just, like, it makes it, like, a funny thing. It's like, of course I'm in it. Like, you, and you get great advantages being in a wheelchair sometimes, too. Like, it sucks. I don't wish it on anybody. But... You know, if you are in a bad situation, joke about it with your friends. You'll make it'll make you feel so much better about it. These people are such frauds. Like Joe and Family Guy is a character in a wheelchair, and like a quarter of the Family Guy jokes are about that, and everyone laughs, and nobody thinks that it's particularly cruel. Right. Yeah. You look at like Logan Paul's wife. I don't know her. Don't know anything about her. Yeah. But if you sign up for a public life, it has very high highs and very low lows. And I'm sure that you can bring up some examples of where this is not the case. But to get a public persona where like you have at least like a 5% national name ID. Yeah. It, you don't do that by accident. That takes yeah. a lot of work. Yeah. It takes a lot of work. And like there's some luck involved, but it takes a lot of work. And if you sign up for that life, if you work for that life, then yeah, people are gonna make fun of you and attack you about things. And like, you know, Logan Paul and his like wife or whatever, they lost their minds when people were like, oh, well, he, she's dated like every celebrity in all of Hollywood. And, it, and then she's super upset and wanting to sue people. I'm like, no, you sign up for a public life. Like people are gonna talk you about you. you. That's what you this. want. Yeah, yeah, by being a public person. Exactly. Most people are private people. You ask for this by wanting publicity. Yeah, yeah. that's right. What was it like having Republican leadership attack you? You know, it, it was terrible. I mean, it was pretty illuminating of where their values actually are. But one thing that we suspect um, is I got some notification on my phone saying that, like, this I, this I, this MacBook Pro now has access to your phone, just logged in. If you don't recognize this, you know, say something about it. Or, like, you know, just let us know and we'll, we'll remove them from the account. 
Um, so someone had used my ID to log into my Apple ID. Um, and so anyway, I texted my team. I was like, hey guys, like, is this anybody? Because you know, we, your team especially has your passwords for things just in case they need to sure. respond to something while you're in a committee hearing. Um, and anyways, I heard back from most people like, no, not me, no, not me, no, not me. And then one guy was like, oh, it could have been my other computer. Let me check. Uh, and so anyways, it kind of went by the wayside. Um, but I am almost virtually certain, and I've heard a rumor about it from other people as well, but I'm virtually certain that whether it was Republican leadership or some super PAC, that somebody hacked my phone and that's how they got so much of the material to attack me with. They got into you? So somebody got into your phone and leaked your personal information? Yes. It's the only way to explain how they got all the information they got. Wow. Yeah. These people are scumbags. These people are scumbags. Jeez, that's good. I mean, God, that's so that dirty. Is, yeah. Why would anybody ever sign up for this? It's like, like why would you ever want to be... I, I want these people to lose, you know? I like I want, oh, them, I, to I, I want them to yeah. lose, and I want the American people to be so fed up with them that they have to go into hiding. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Can't walk down the streets anymore. Can't walk down the streets. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. So, Fang Fang confirmed Chinese spy in our federal government, uh, manipulating staff, placing people on Eric Swalwell's staff. Going back to Tim Burchett, he's his member of Congress from Tennessee. He's saying that the the reason that we don't get Epstein's flight logs, the reason that the FBI has not been ordered by Congress, which can do so, to release all the information. The, the FBI has 20,000 images from Jeffrey Epstein's hard drives, videotapes, CDs. Haven't even released one of them, right? Like the reason that that's not happening and the reason they're protecting a dead pederast is because they are blackmailing members of Congress to protect Jeffrey Epstein. Now, why would that be? You know what? This is, an, and I love Tim. And when Tim speaks, he he almost always speaks the truth. I, I've never seen him actually. He always speaks the truth. I've never experienced anything else. Um, really good guy. Um, I've always heard these rumors. I don't know if these are confirmed. Was, he, was Jeffrey Epstein set up with Mossad? So there's connections, direct connections for Jelaine Maxwell to Mossad. Yes. And Ehud Brock, of course, who was in charge of Israel for quite a while, met with him 36 times that we just learned. You know, in the Epstein document dump that happened 24 hours ago. Yeah, and so one thing that you have to remember, there's basically three allied countries that are known for having the greatest, you know, the James Bond types, like the most effective spies and orchestrators and fixers in the world. One of them is the Mossad agency. The CIA is obviously very well known. The English have a very good um, uh, group of covert operatives mm -hmm. that do that kind of thing. And because in this, you know, we're talking kind of like more James Bondy stuff, like mm -hmm. you know, espionage. Um, and then obviously, you know, the Chinese have, have a very good system going, um, but their their spies are just in the open. Um, but when you look at that, I, I would not be shocked if, and I I I. I I'm not positive on this, but if Mossad was involved, you know, MI6, Mossad, and the CIA all work very closely together. I mean, they're very well known for sharing information, all of these things. And so if for whatever reason the FBI is defending him, it's probably because they were involved in the op somehow. Wow. That'd be my guess. I mean, that's... Listen, man, if, if, power, if power is leverage and, and knowledge is power, 
then why wouldn't you want leverage and power on the most powerful people in the world? Doesn't that mean then you control the world? I mean, it right. really does stand to reason. Right. If you can get the royal family and presidents and senators and bankers all in compromising positions, whatever those happen to be, guilt by association, right? Um, just going on his plane is enough to get you a bad headline, obviously. Yep. And why wouldn't you want that? I mean, that actually, st that seems Occam's razor. It seems to be like the absolutely the, the easiest explanation for where all of Jeffrey Epstein's money came from. Did you ever hear anything about Jeffrey Epstein in Congress? Uh, I mean, the news was really breaking kind of right when I got into Congress. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, we talked about him a lot. Uh, but no, I, I, I really never heard anything like in, in official ways about him. Um, I, I just, it, it's shocking to me that you, know, you saw Marsha Blackburn get attacked from every single angle when she was like, let's get these names released. Flight logs. And it's like, what is going, why are people trying to defend a pedophile? What Dead. What is the reason? Pedophile, yeah. And I mean, like, you know, what, people are more upset that Donald Trump's name was not on the list of people who went to the island <laughs> than they are upset about people who actually went to the island. Yeah. I mean, it tells you everything you need to know about kind of the elites in this country. Yeah. Stephen Hawking went to the island. What's up Dude, with that? What is up with you little midgets too? That's that's kind of, <laughs> I mean, I, I just want to say as for people in wheelchairs, Stephen Hawking does not speak for all of us. It's not something we're all into. Just make that very clear. You're, okay. <laughs> I'm very glad that you made that point. <laughs> These are the exact, why, why not read it? Because I think there's some memes being made about Stephen they're, Hawking they're and the little be. midgets. There was like a meme about Stephen Hawking and midgets and doing problem, naked midgets doing problems on the blackboard. I'm almost sure that that's a meme. But I know that this is directly from the documents where mm. Jeffrey Epstein himself is emailing frantically to try and find people to discredit the accuser saying that Stephen Hawking uh, participated in an underage orgy. Now, these are directly from the dead man, the dead pederast's words. Uh, and he's, he's desperately trying to, to, to kill that story, to... to try and find a way to discount that story because that's what the victims are alleging. So what the hell's up with that, man? That's just some weird shit, Benny. I, I don't freaking understand that. I mean, I, I don't know. Like that's Stephen Hawkins wanting to mess with the, have midgets do high level equations on a too high up blackboard. That I just don't understand. But you know what, it, but then also, it's just the underage people. And you, like, you've never had that compulsion? Never had that compulsion. That's one that's never crossed my mind. That's not something that, the, that's not a honeypot that's been dangled in front yeah, of you? It's like, hey, by the way, get some naked midgets if you want to come over. That one's not, that's the one I haven't heard. They were all working for Stephen Hawking, I guess. I guess they were all, they were all taken, they, I'm sure. They, Otherwise, they weren't available, you know, actually. Yeah. <laughs> we, got some we got some problems to solve. Yeah, but the whole thing with Jeffrey Epstein, I mean, it just speaks to kind of, there's this disgusting desire, I guess, for people to just feel like they're powerful. And so I guess that's kind of the reason they want to go mutilate and touch underage people is because they feel like they have all the power in that situation. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's awful. And then Ghislaine Maxwell. Dark, but like, dark. it says a lot about the human soul and a lot about like what people in power actually ultimately crave. Exactly, yeah. And you know, if you're not rooted in truth, if you're not rooted in God's word and all that stuff, you know, when people are like, oh, I just think that everyone's generally good. I'm like, and it's, it's, it's like when people are like, oh, I'm a really peaceful person. It's like, if you're not capable of violence, you're not peaceful. You're just, you're just defenseless. 
Like you have no option to be do that. Slave, you're a slave. And so most people, if you were to actually give them power, they think they're a good person. They all of a sudden start abusing it real quick when it fits their qualms. What's interesting about the story that you just told about the what you what you say what felt like to you was a honeypot was kind of is like what Epstein did, right? Like he kind of just took these way too hot girls over to these like slobs of men, right? The Bill Gates's of the world, you know, these real cretins, these like Harvey Weinstein, Alan Dershowitz looking, you know, guys. And he he like, he did what you said happened to you. Now I'm not saying that Jeffrey Epstein was behind what happened to you <laughs> with the honeypots, not saying that, but it does seem to be like the same equation. Not a Stephen Hawking joke. Like it does seem to be the same equation though. You're just gonna dangle these two hot women these tens in front of these powerful men and they're just going to do what men like what men do because their souls like they they have no self-control like exactly. they're, they're they have their souls are just sunken and so they feel like i'm entitled to this right or like right. i like like this is something i deserve and jeffrey epstein or the intelligence agencies that were running him knew enough about the human psychology of these high profile level men to know that that's the way they thought right and right. so it was going to work right the warning bells weren't going to go off. Like, goes, holy shit, like I shouldn't be in this situation. Exactly, Get me exactly, out. Ex like, exactly. They're going to say, yeah. Yeah, and at no, at no point do I feel like sometimes you just got to sit back and just be like, is this a, does this situation make sense to me? Like, is this a situation I'll tell like to my kids one day and not sit there and like when you say it out loud, like, yeah, that is really weird. Like, yeah, this billionaire. Nobody knows where his money came from, and he let me fly on his private island on his private jet. And, and then just there were he liked all these me a beautiful lot. women who wanted to give him a massage naked. Yeah, it's like there he's trying to get that's something. Normal. <laughs> he's trying to get something out of that. I'm like, it, I just ask yourself: Have you experienced this at any point in your life ever? Most for most men, the answer is no, unless you like freaking Dan Bilzerian. Uh, he pays for all that anyway. Oh, of course you know, he pays right? for it. But, so it's like, yeah. but like, there's a cost. That's not even to real. This. That's not even organic. That's yeah. all manufactured. There's and fake a cost and, to yeah. this in some way. Yeah. And when you are in such a position of either you're a billionaire or you're a politician, you know that you can affect hundreds of thousands of people just by saying something. Imagine, like, you, you cannot allow yourself to become entrapped and then leveraged to do what somebody else wants you to do. Because then you were, it's it's like, oh, well, I want to keep myself safe. It's like, I was willing to say what was true at any point because I'll take those arrows because I'm fighting for the average American working man who does not have a voice. But most people are not willing to take that heat onto themselves. I mean, to me, it's just like, yeah, well, I got to take some hits, but that's fine. But most people are like, I, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, even if you did catch yourself in, sleeping with some beautiful woman. Why, you cannot allow the, uh, let, let that allow you to change your vote. That should be the most sacred thing in the world. Like I'm voting on behalf of 700,000 people every time you walk into the house and if you're in Congress. But you're not gonna have a vote if they release the tapes. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it's, it's like, yeah. of course they're gonna change your vote. They're like, we're gonna, we're gonna release the video that we have of you with said person. Because the majority of people in Congress are cowards. Overwhelming. Do you think that Jeffrey Epstein was an Intel op? I don't have any information on that. Like, like I can nothing. I could be like, oh, you know, what? I saw information in you know in, in classified documents about that. But I mean, just from what I understand of it, and then I, I listened to some a couple really great podcasts about this. 
but the amount of wealth that he was supposed to have, you know, billionaire level, yeah. but still, how can you have the most expensive piece of property in all of London, one of the most expensive uh, like condos, apartment things in all of New York, own an island, operate a private jet at all times? Like when you start adding up everything he has, it's like, you know, two or three billion dollars wouldn't have covered this. And then the way he says he makes his money just didn't make any sense either. And so, yeah, it seems like there was some bigger hands behind him yeah. that were enabling him to garner that. There was no service ever being offered. The service was the underage trafficking. Like, yeah, exactly. that was the service. There was never any service. He also owned a massive ranch. He owned, like, half of New Mexico. Like, his ranch in New Mexico was, like, an enormous. It was, like, the size of a county. Yeah, I'm right? telling you, like, you, you don't get that with just a couple billion dollars. You don't get all of those things with a couple billion. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. And a couple billion is an absurd amount of money, but... It's not enough for all that. Interesting. So what's going to happen, right? Like, do you think, because Bill Clinton there, Bill Clinton there, like, he likes him young. That's what Epstein said, you know? That's, that's what's coming out in the documents. They're not even done with the documents. You know what? I'll, I'll tell you. I don't think anything's going to happen. Yeah, I, I think you could release all the documents. I don't think anything's going to happen right. because of it. Like, I, I legitimately believe that, you know, people are just so calloused. And if the media says, oh, well, it's Russian disinformation or it's, it's a right-wing conspiracy, then all of a sudden most of the sheep will just say, oh, okay, and they'll go on with their lives. Do you think that the American public would be ready? Let's, so Donald Trump really likes you. Donald Trump obviously like talks with you and, and, and cares a lot about you, um, has given you a bunch of shout-outs. Donald Trump gets back in office. Do you think the American public would be ready if he was like, release all the tapes? Like, Do you think people would be able to handle it? Yes. Yeah, and I, you know that's one thing. It, it's like, the, like, would they be able to handle? Let me just narrow this question. Would they be able to handle that? There is like an elite uh, predator and and pederast ring that runs our government. Would people be able to? I, that, that? That's again. That's what I was saying. What do you think is going to happen from it? I don't think anything's going to happen from it. I, I think that's just. It's so shocking to people. They're like, "Well, there's nothing I can do about that." Like. That sucks. I hate that. But there's nothing I can do about it. Man. You know, it, it's just, again, and we're, it's what we were talking about with the water early in the show. It's lowering your testosterone. We do not have enough men who are going to just charge the square and say, you know what? It's revolution time. You know, I, it, was, uh, it was Jefferson who was talking about, you know, what country has gone for over 150 years without taking its whatever rights were given to the people in the beginning without taking those rights away from the people. And he was saying, like, I, that is why... The tree of liberty must be uh, must be watered with the blood watered of with the blood of patriots time, yeah. from time to time. And you know what? I'm not I'm not calling for bloodshed or anything. This is a Thomas Jefferson quote. Um, but you know what? We need people who are willing to say, you know what? This is enough is enough. And like, sure, I might go down for it, but like, I'm going to stand up and do whatever it takes to stop this elite ring of pederasts who are running our country or whatever we find out yeah. about it. And you know what? The thing that we have got to do is one, when Donald Trump gets in, 2025, President of the United States, if they don't try and assassinate I do believe they will try and assassinate him. I legitimately do. You see kind of this entire shift they're doing with the Napoleon movie, and then they're coming out with the Caesar thing. They're trying to take this entire great man theory that, oh, well, there's a few great men throughout all of history who affect you know their entire time. And they're trying to say, oh, that's not true. People really aren't that great. And I think they're trying to say all of this, and then they're going to probably, you know, I've got a picture behind me of, you know, Caesar being butchered by the Senate uh, in Rome. And, but the people loved him. The people came and slaughtered all of the senators because of it. And it's like, man, you kill Donald Trump. Like, what happened to those senators is what will happen to you. Just so you know.
Like, it, but again, we just have to have enough people who are with the gumption to say, you know what? I am capable of violence. I want goodness. I want peace. But I study war and politics so that one day my children will be able to study art and science. It's like more of a, it's less of a political question. It's more of a moral question, right? Like every nation in the Bible, every Old Testament nation in the Bible, like they, st they start worshiping Satan, the nation, just, it gets destroyed. So quick. Right? They turn from God and they worship Satan or they worship an idol. They make a golden calf and the nation gets destroyed. That, that, is, the, that is the tale of time. And to assume that the America would be any different, it seems so oblivious and um, uh, so navel gazy. Yeah. Like as though like as though like we are the only like holy nation. That, we, that's not we true, are the exception. right? There's been a lot of nations that started off good and then they turned and then they were destroyed. Yeah, the and, world is filled with the ruins of empires who thought they would last forever. Yeah, and like you, right. you look at the fall. I mean, just like you're saying with the with the nations in the Bible. Well, as soon as they turn, start you know building a golden calf to yeah. Satan, or they start worshiping Moloch, they start throwing the babies into fires, or you look at Athens, you look at Rome, you look at the Byzantines, which were technically Romans just on the east side. But anyways, you look at the Byzantines, you look at the Mongols, you look at all these things. It, it's this thing that happens in every single great civilization is that once they have basically gotten rid of the threat of violence happening to them, like America has, like, you know, I, I've seen war, war gamed out. If every country in the world turned against us and came to fight America, we would win. Like, sure, we might go without some trinkets from China for a little while, but we would win the war. Like, no one's sitting here being like, gosh, I sure hope we don't get invaded. Like, the only way we're getting invaded is if we allow it to happen. And so, because of that, because we have no real great difficulties in our world, we have just started creating all these frou-frou little problems. This is what happens in every single civilization. You see it at the end of the Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. You see it at the end of, you know, when Greece was at its might. You see it at the end of the Mongolian Empire. You see it at the end of so many different empires. The Byzantines, everybody. When you start looking at that, they just, what happened in the end was they started destroying any form of norms in the entire society. Whether it's gender norms, whether it's what's, what happens in the capital, like when you see freaking gay only fan sex tape coming out in the Capitol or it's being posted on Snapchat when you see people saying, oh, you know what? Yeah, you can kill your baby. Like, I'm sure they will one day start just to move the Overton window be like, well, if you decide you don't want your baby past the age of, you know, zero before its first birthday, then you can, you, you could kill it because it still requires breast milk. Like, they're going to make everything so freaking outrageous and wild to us that we just devour ourselves. Mm. And then one day we're going to face a power after we've weakened ourselves so much that we won't be able to beat them. Mm, mm. These people should be far more concerned about like facing God, <laughs> facing just facing actual judgment someday. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And one of the, you know, if I got to change a verse in the like Bible. Bill Clinton may get away with it down here. Like yeah. they may, they may get away with it, but like you're not going to get away with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So one of the, my, one of my least favorite verses in the Bible is, you know, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And, but it's one that I, I, I write it down probably once a week, just to remember, like, you know, write it down four or five times just to remember it. Like, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Cause I remember right after what was going on in Congress and I saw like, gosh, all of these people are coming after me. I was like, you know what? I could probably take 20 of you down real quick. Like if I focus my energy on it, I could take, destroy 20 of your careers before I'm out of here. Um, but then I was like, no, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I'll just get through my day. And I mean, you see what George Santos is doing. And also, kicking him out of Congress was absurd. 
Like that was just so dumb. Just make our majority more and more narrow. But like, you know, I, I wasn't going on all these shows attacking every other member of Congress because I was yeah. like, you know what? Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. George Santos yeah. is, is going on a... He, he, he's, he's going on a tirade. Salting the earth. Yeah, but... but <laughs> it's actually quite entertaining. After I've just kind of allowed God to do his job, I mean, you look at what's going on with the leadership. It's They've all been wiped out. Mm -hmm. You look at what's going on with people in North Carolina that were against me. They've all been wiped out. Yeah. And now, I mean, I've got three left on my list that need to be taken out, and they will at some point. Um, and then you see now that, you know, all of my, the things that I was saying, what was going on in Washington is just being proved right with photo evidence. You know, it, it's like, man, if you trust God and let him do what he needs to do, that's awesome. But also for people like Bill Clinton, for all these people on that freaking list who did terrible things to children mm. that is inhumane and disgusting and evil. It's like, yeah, you might get away with it down here, brother. But guess what? Like hell is going to be one heck of a ride for you. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you can't, you can't go kill your problems in federal lockup in hell. That's yeah, right. Like you can't. exactly right. <laughs> oh, look, well, the, didn't the he, red light on the camera turned he, off. I'm I why thought, would that be? I thought he hung, in, I thought he hung himself. I, I don't know. Bro. Like that's what's so interesting is like, you want to know who has the real power in this country, who has the power to turn off the cameras inside of federal prisons. Yep. Right. Cause that's where he was killed. Like, this guy became very inconvenient to, I don't know, the Israelis, the British, the Americans, the Russians, the Chinese, all of them, maybe. And so who has the power? The person who can turn on and off the cameras inside the federal penal system, right? Yeah. Like, when you're in federal lockup, who can turn off your camera? Well, there's your actual evil cabal, exactly. right? Like, exactly. and Jeffrey Epstein just knew too much. Yep, he yeah. just happened to be on the inside, and he just happened to get caught. Yeah, that's they, right. They probably would have funded him for the rest of his life. He's probably had a great life plan for himself, but then he's like, which he could have had a great. I'm sure the internal yeah. demons were destroying him, but probably yeah. Pro I mean yeah, that's exactly right because you actually destroy yourself doing destroy, those things. Because yeah. I mean you know they, they say that it's because he offered to give up Clinton. So they so that's what they say. So then with these some of these documents, they're saying that in part of a plea deal, a leniency deal, he had offered to give up Bill. Jeez, that's the word on the street. And then that was it. Then that was it because the intelligence agencies can't. I mean America. It would be so embarrassing for America, right? Like, and they, uh, it just makes a lot of sense when you yeah. think about it. They can't have that. No matter, it doesn't mean they necessarily agree with it. Maybe they do. But, like, they just can't have Bill Clinton being, like, all the images and all the photos of him doing the, this stuff. It would wreck America's standing forever on the world stage, much like it has the royal family with Prince Andrew. And it's just too much. Yeah, that's what it's too much. Yeah, mm. it's just too much. Okay, so final question for you. Oh, hey, like, too much. So what do you mean? So, so okay, so you've gone through a lot. You've gone through a lot. You've been vindicated and you've had, again, like a pretty wild, like pretty rapid vindication. Most men spend, the, the if a wrong was done to a man, they spend their entire lives, like, and maybe, maybe decades afterwards, uh, what, so uh, like Socrates, right? Or yeah. whatever, or, you know, like he gets killed because he says the world's round, you know, or, or the sun is the center of the solar system, right? They kill for it. Am I remembering that correctly? It's not Socrates, is it? Anyone? Anyone? No? Okay. I don't think Socrates was killed for saying the world was round. Who? Um, who? But I, I remember... Galileo it. was killed. Yeah. Galileo said the earth is not the center of the universe. Socrates was killed, though. Right. So, like, Galileo didn't live to see, like, how everyone came to his side. And now you get to experience that, and that's pretty neat. Oh, <laughs> like, it's yeah, awesome. That's, it's great. That's pretty neat. <laughs> and so it's, like, so it's like, my question for you is this. Like, young men... 
you're you were the youngest member of Congress, the youngest modern member of Congress to serve. Young men looking at your story are going to be like, mm, I'm not going to do that. Good young men who want to run for office are going to be like, wow, look what they did to my boy Madison. Like, I, I, he just went up there and told the truth. He told the truth, and then they destroyed him for it. And so that's not a world I want to be in. What's your what what's your message to those guys? Gosh, I mean, come hang out with me for a weekend and you'll be like, dude, whatever you do in your life, I want to do. I mean, I have a aside from being in a wheelchair and the medical issues that arise with that, I live a freaking sick life. I mean, you know, we 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 just acquired a prison, you know, down here. And so we get to we have the coolest shooting range and force on force training center in the world. You know, I've got the best friends in the world. I get to, you know, I, I, I love my car with all my heart. You know, I love my boats. I love my dog. I have an amazing family, all of these things. It's just, you know what? Like, if you want to be a follower of God and people are like, oh man, God will give you peace, all of these things. Like, yeah, God will do that because like you have joy, but God is with you in the storms. Like, you know, when does he decide to cross the sea to go to that man? It's when he was being possessed by demons and then he cast the legion into the pigs and they ran into the ran into the sea. Or you start, you know, Jesus came to, you know, woke up and got with the guys when they were on the boat and the storms were raging and all, everything was getting really, really bad. You know, he came to the people who were sick when they were, you know, about to die and on the last dime and started to help them. And I, I just think it's very clear that God is with us when we're on the front freaking lines. Mm -hmm. And if you see my life, you can't be like, man, God is like you. I, I can just say like, God is with me. And like, you know, if someone was to ask you like, oh, well, you know, wh wh what are you going to do for vengeance and all this stuff? I'm like, God's got me. I'm one of God's favorite sons. And like, I know, I'm know, i sure he loves everyone equally, but like, I genuinely believe it. I mean, I, I was nearly killed in a car accident on I-4. And then I all of a sudden came back to life and they called the rescue chopper to come back, put me on the rescue chopper, brought me in. I was in ICU for three months in a coma, then in a hospital for 13 months after that. They were like, yeah, you're like, like life expected. Your ability to live is probably like you have a 98% chance of dying. Um, and then, you know, I was a trauma rating of, I think, 34. Um, and you start breaking down just all of these things, all of these things being stacked up against you. And I'm just like, if you just trust God and you're willing to go where he calls you to go, it's not going to be nice. Like you look at, you know, his disciples, his greatest followers, they were boiled alive and oiled, you know, stoned to death after they watched their family be executed, all these things. And it's like, but you remember their freaking names. And, I, you know, if some guy thinks that, oh, gosh, well, they destroyed Madison. It's like, mm, no, like they, they beat me in one political race. I'm still 28 years old. And it's like, you know, you might be more powerful than I am now, but who will protect your children from me when I'm your age? And it's just, you know, it, it's, it, I, I've got a hell of a life, brother. <laughs> That's some Old Testament <laughs> right there, baby. That's a brave heart. <laughs> <laughs> you going to run again? You going to run for office again? You know, I definitely, I, I'll always be in politics. I love the country too much to get out of the fight. But, you know, what, what, what position that'll take, I don't know. Um, mm. You know, definitely always something federal. I don't want to do anything on the state level, but um, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. I want to have some babies first, but we'll see. You got a girlfriend? I do. Yeah. 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 Actually, like brand new. Like just asked me my girlfriend like yesterday. What? Wow. Really? Yeah. I'm super excited about it. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Cool. She's not a ten at a bar that like came up to you and asked to go back. You know to your room. what? Yeah. It's like she would be a honeypot. <laughs> like she looks like she could be a honeypot. <laughs> 
get in trouble, bro. <laughs> She's definitely not. Definitely not. I've okay. known, yeah. known her for years. Known her for years. Does her name rhyme with yum yum? <laughs> no. Okay, no, good. Okay, good. I was actually checking. Yeah, yeah okay, good. It's, as, as her name friend. actually does not rhyme with yum yum, surprisingly. Okay. okay, just as your friend. Okay. <laughs> good. All right. Well, Madison, this has been absolutely inspiring. Ah, I Way to you, go, man. Man, Benny, you are rocking the world. I'm serious. If you want to be successful in politics, and if you're successful in politics, then you can change the country to be a better place. Listen to Benny Johnson. That's to every candidate and every person running for office. This guy knows, and if I could like summarize what you do, Benny Johnson is better at pattern recognition and knowing what the base wants more than anyone I know. Like, and I know he's got good values and everything, but to be able to obtain power to execute good values, you must win at the game of politics. There is, it's a chess game and you have to win if you actually want to make a difference. And if you want to win, listen to Benny. I will keep you off Epstein's list. <laughs> <laughs> My man. Love you. <laughs> After the interview, Madison Cawthorn insisted that we roll over to the fortified gun room in his house, which looks a lot more like an arsenal on a military base and was totally badass. So, Benny, this is a completely, it's got a bulletproof window. We got concrete hardened walls. All the doors are metal, Yo. impossible to kick down. And so, <laughs> this is a safe room. Like if, you know, you have a woman here or kids or whatever, bad stuff happens, they can go in this room. They'll be safe. But also, it's also an offense room. You come in here and it's like, you know what? Tyrants are, are, are abound. We need to do something about it. Or there are burglars here. MS-13's taking over the border. Let's, let's, let's defend ourselves. You know, so right down here, we got what we call handout guns. Um, so these are rifles I don't necessarily love, but if it's like, hey, you're a good person, here's a rifle, defend that corner. Um, and then, you know, we got a bunch of Terran Tacticals. We got Christians in Arms, good patriotic company. They make, these rifles are great for guys in wheelchairs. Um, this is an anti-material round. I'm trying to get a 20 millimeter, but we don't have that one yet. Then we got all the pistols here. A good old bulletproof helmet. It's got a heads-up display in it. It's got fans, got everything you need. But yeah, we love it, man. Which one of these did you take on the plane? <laughs> <laughs>「This is the old dock area. Can't beat it. This boat was actually a crazy find. It's beautiful. It's massive. Yeah. It's, got a, it's got a whole kitchen on the back. You got grill, cooler, everything you need. My favorite thing, the thing that makes me feel the least paralyzed in the world is jet skiing. So, hopping on this and then just ripping around through the mangroves, that makes me happier than just about anything. You can be at all, uh, in the Gulf in about 15 minutes. Wow. Yeah. You go out there? I'll go out there all the time. Yeah, I'm all, I'm on the, so it's great. I mean, I hop on the boat, go to like, you know, just like in the intercoastal, just hop in somewhere, drop anchor, and I'll just pull my iPad out and start doing work, sending all the emails I gotta send. What a Getting life. suntan, yeah. A lot of people live anywhere else. I, mean, like, I don't understand it. I don't understand why anyone would live anywhere else. I've lived a couple places, like Florida's it, man. It's it. Thank you. This little black thing over here is a nice uh, fire pit. You're living large. Then I only ever have to keep one chair out here because when like, we all come out and sit, I bring my own chair, so it works out. Family guy joke. Boom. <laughs> Got it, Joe. Got him, Joe. If you've enjoyed this long-form interview with Madison Cawthorn, make sure you subscribe to Tenet, where the In the Arena show airs weekly alongside with other great patriots like Tim Poole, Lauren Southern, and Taylor Hansen. Tenet Media is the only place where you will be able to find true free thinkers 
and true focus on Western political and cultural issues of our time. Like, for instance, Madison Cawthorn smoking a cigar on his dock. Well, Benny, it was a great show. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Madison Cawthorn in the arena. Now we are going to smoke a cigar, and you are not invited. Maybe next time. Next time. It's been a pleasure. The most vindicated man in Congress. So we're we're filming the outro, and a bald eagle alighted in the sky above Madison and started circling. And then a, a star shone round about ye. <laughs>